Good morning, everyone. Um, I have to say, this looks like I was getting ready to rehearse for amateur dramatics, isn't it? It's like, you know, I've called you all here, you all know your parts. <laughs> um, welcome to our Away Day conference. Um, I, I guess that you all know what the pattern of the day is, but I'll give you a very quick reminder. Katrina will lead our opening worship. And as always, everything that you need will be on your order of service or on the screen behind Katrina. Then after our opening worship, we'll split into three small groups. The themes are creating worship and the creating worship group will meet here. So if you're part of that group, you don't need to move. And then doing justice will be down in the far corner on the right and caring for creation in the corner on the left. The children will be here just at the side. If you've forgotten which group you signed up for, don't worry about it. The names, the lists are on the tables. Everyone got their first choice. Um, so have a look at the tables. The lists of the names are there and find your name. Then at 12.30, we'll break for lunch. And lunch will be a buffet down here. So we don't have to go anywhere. Just head for the table. There will be sandwiches and fruit and all sorts of lovely things for us there. After lunch, we'll go back into our small groups for a short time to make some decisions because today, if it's anything, is a practical day and we want to come to some decisions based on what we've learned or what we've discussed this morning. And then we'll come together again at about quarter past two for closing worship and communion and the day will finish no later than 3 p.m. Then this evening at 7pm, our evening service will be held in Kelvinside Hill Head Church and Katrina will be leading our thoughts for the third Sunday in Lent. Next Sunday morning, don't come here, we're back in the Grosvenor at 11am when Katrina will be leading morning worship and in the evening at 7pm, Sister Isabel Smythe will lead evening worship in Kelvinside Hill Head. These are all our notices. So welcome everybody. It, it does feel a bit strange, doesn't it, sitting like this, but hopefully we're going to have a, a great day together. So we're going to sing our opening hymn of praise, which is a wonderfully um, apt hymn because there is light streaming in those windows. Here in this place, new light is streaming. And if you're able to stand and would like to, please join me as we sing. <laughs>
The psalmist writes, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Let us pray. Most high God, it is our duty and our delight to meet together in the name of Jesus to offer you our worship and praise. In the short interval between one busy week and the next, we choose to come and focus our hearts and minds heavenward, listening for your voice in scripture, in song, in each other, and in silence. On this day, when we have made a special effort to spend longer together and to reflect more deeply on the values that shape our life together, we seek your blessing on all we say, do, and are. But first, before we learn, before we reflect and imagine and dream, we pause for a few moments quiet, savouring the stillness and relaxing into your hidden presence. For all that has brought us pleasure and joy this week, we give you our praise. (coughs) For all that has brought us disappointment and pain, we offer it to you in our hearts. For all that we have done or failed to do that has disappointed or hurt others, we remember quietly and in our hearts confess. Loved, forgiven, encouraged to move forward once again, we gather our thoughts, feelings, and prayers, joining together in the prayer Jesus taught his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, Our reading this morning is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, starting at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat down at the feet of the Lord and listened to his teaching. Martha was upset over all the work she had to do, so she came and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled over so many things, but just one is needed. Mary has chosen the right thing and it will not be taken away from her. (coughs) 
when we read the Gospels of Luke and John, we meet a family comprising two sisters and a brother whose home in Bethany seems to have been a place that Jesus and his friends went to quite often. They would find hospitality, almost undoubtedly a good meal, some company, and probably somewhere to rest and relax for a while away from the busyness of the itinerant ministry they shared. This household was a bit unusual in probably quite a few ways, but specifically in that the head of the household was a woman. And quite possibly all these three siblings were single. We don't know, but it seems possible. So Martha, who is usually assumed to be the oldest, was the head of the household. So that's really unusual. And in the Gospels, there are three separate stories of encounters between Jesus and this family. One in Luke, which we've heard this morning, and two more in John, the last of which takes place in Holy Week. So for today and the next couple of Sundays, we're going to be focusing our attention on these three siblings as people that Jesus met on his journey towards the cross. And we're going to try to keep in mind the questions about why these stories are included in the Holy Week narrative, or at least connected to it in some way, and what they might have to say to us about the temptations that we might face. I have to be honest and said, it seemed more than a little bit serendipitous to me that a series planned before we even had had the idea of an away day came up with a focus on Martha. And it's a story in which she doesn't exactly emerge covered in glory, does she? Recently, I was talking to another minister, talking about the little series that we had planned for Lent, because it's always good to exchange ideas. And I observed that whether I liked it or not, I'm certainly more of a Martha than a Mary. In fact, if you'd seen me running around at nine o'clock last night, I probably could have put Martha to shame. And then I had to get out at six o'clock this morning because I hadn't got everything done. So very Martha-like. Anyway, this this person I was talking to smiled and she said, yeah, you know what, I think we're all a bit like that. I mean, nobody's ever going to say, are they? Do you know, I wish I was a bit more like Martha. So it's a story that most of us have known from childhood. There's Martha, the sensible, practical one. And often in picture books, she's portrayed as well, dowdy or even ugly. She's the older sister who rugs herself ragged, getting everything ready for the guests. And it doesn't seem to me that unreasonable that she gets increasingly annoyed with Mary, who, quite frankly, is busy doing nothing. She's just sitting there at the feet of the men, listening, having a high old time. And then finally, probably having been passive-aggressive and banged a few pots and sighing very loudly and giving Mary more than a few meaningful glances, Martha comes up to Jesus. Oh, dear. Now it all goes from bad to worse. Jesus doesn't give her the answer she wants. I like to think his tone was gentle. I like to think he understood what was going on in her mind. When he said to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things. But Mary has made a better choice. 
Those of us here today have got very busy lives and huge demands on our time and energy. And probably the vast majority of us are much more like Martha than Mary. Maybe there are some Marys here, and that's great, but I think most of us are probably more like Martha, working hard to get things done and to get them done well. And if you're anything like me, sometimes you arrive here on a Sunday morning and your head is all a whirl with everything that's been going on in the week, with everything you've got to do in the service, with everything that's got to happen afterwards. And it's really hard to settle in and just be. The temptation for many of us is to work longer and harder and longer and harder and longer and harder. And then, well, I usually end up quite ratty with a frayed temper and I might say things I wish I hadn't said, or I make really stupid mistakes. I was just saying to Jen before uh, service, last night I was still working at nine o'clock and I thought, this is stupid. I'm writing rubbish. I need to stop. But the temptation was just to keep going until I got it finished. So I think we can end up like Martha. At the end of our, t our tether, our pent-up frustrations just burst out of us. It's not that we're bad people. It's not that we're unloving or we're ungracious. It's just it all gets too much and bang, it comes out. So we need to listen for the voice of Jesus saying to us by name. You're anxious about many things, but there is just in this moment and for this moment a better choice so first of all today i want to thank you for coming making that choice to give up a huge chunk of your day when you could have done something else and i want to thank you for getting that what this is about is some deep thinking about aspects of our life together as a church you know that the title is Living Our Values, and you know we've picked three strands to explore, and that's brilliant. I also know that today we can only scratch the surface of any of them. I'm really excited at what's been prepared by the others, and I'm slightly excited by what I've prepared as well. Um, but it's only going to be the beginning. This is not an end today. As Anne rightly said, we're going to be looking for some reporting back of next steps, things we would like to take forward, things we should do as a church or as individuals. But even that's not the end. We, the, the reporting back might say, actually, what we want to do is do some more of this. Nothing would make me happier than you said any of those. But thank you. And a special thank you to Margaret, to Katrina and to Anne, who've worked so hard with me to prepare for this day. I'm sure we will all enjoy it. Um, and I think it, it is really exciting. So after our next hymn, with no further announcements, we will split into our groups. So just a reminder that if you are in the worship strand, you will be staying up here on the platform and we will do a slight rearrangement of furniture so that we can work. If you are on the Doing Justice strand, you are over in the corner to the right, facing that way, where the little flip chart is. If you are doing Caring for Creation, you are over to the left from here. And if you are a small person looking to do something, I think it's not fair, is that the title? It sounds really exciting. I might sneak off and do that one. Um, you'll be down um, in this corner, this, sorry, this table at the side. We're going to finish fairly sharp at 12.30.
um, so that we've got a full hour for lunch. We'll say grace in our own groups because that just makes it easier. We're not all sort of thinking, am I allowed to eat a sandwich? Am I not allowed to eat a sandwich? Um, you've got an hour for lunch. So if you want to go out for a walk or want to play or just con converse or whatever, that's fine. But please be back sharp at 1.30 to go into that all-important afternoon session. And then we will close um, with a, sh a short act of worship, which will include communion. So my hope and pray is that everybody has an enjoyable day, an encouraging day, and just a little bit of a stretching day as we listen for God's voice and see what it is that we discover. And so we're going to sing a hymn that seems to me to relate to some of that. And then, as I say, we just simply go quietly to our groups. Give to me, Lord, a thankful heart and a discerning mind.
Welcome back, everybody. Um, I hope you've had a really um, useful and enjoyable time together today. And this is still all worship. Everything we've been doing today is part of our worship, part of our listening for God and responding to God. So what we're going to do now is to hear very briefly from each of the groups something of what you've been doing and something of what you would like us to take forward together as a church. And we're going to start with the Creating Worship group. And if you could come to the mic, that would be brilliant. As we all know, we've moved out from our usual physical space that we have control of. And this has given us some challenges, but far more opportunities. Opportunities for mission, opportunities for engagement. And we've done it before, moving from the sanctuary down to the trist. And adaptability is one of our key words as a church, because the church comes with us and we are the church. So how can we take these opportunities to be more creative in our worship for moving ahead over however many years that we are out of a designated space we can call our own? Certainly we can consider the liturgical calendar um, and how the secular, for example, school year calendars are overlaid upon that. Many of the festivals that we celebrate are bunched closely together towards the end and beginning of a following calendar year. But the remaining eight months of the liturgical year is ordinary time. And can we be more creative in that ordinary time as well as on the specific festivals? We can extend our collaborative worship being uh, open to external input, LPS, homelessness, and various um, uh, working parties that we are aligned to. This is beyond just when Katrina's away. Yes, we have a need to fill in the Sundays, but even when Katrina's here, can we uh, move beyond the festivals to be more creative in our worship? Intercessory prayer for ex is an exemplar of this approach where we've done that in the past, but we can extend this through workshops to demystify this and to make this something that's accessible for all who want to participate. And increase our multi-voice reflections using technology sparingly to make the most of contemporary media but also doing this beyond the festivals and in that eight months of ordinary time, having more multi-voice reflections are something to move forward. And I think the positive thing to come out of that is the opportunity for workshops to how we may enable the congregation to participate in that uh, moving ahead. And now we're doing justice group. completely gave in to peer pressure by telling you what's <laughs> happening. It was terrible. <laughs> um, we began talking about fair trade, but we talked about issues really about power and justice, both within Scotland and, and within the world. Uh, things that we thought we could do was one of those would be acknowledge the power that we have as individuals and as a community ourselves. Sometimes that power might feel uncomfortable, but it, it's something that we have to acknowledge in everything else we do. We felt it was really important that we're asking the question why all the time that we're asking that on a daily basis in terms of when we see things on the news or when we're talking to people and that we, we one of the things we could do is try and make ourselves aware of something new every single day about how the world works whether that's seeking out new um, ways of hearing the news or, or new pieces of local information that we try and learn something new every day and that we don't keep that information to ourselves that we share that widely as well um, 
and linked to that was the idea that we must listen, and we must listen and listen again to what's being said, not listen to always the, the first place that you would go to, to hear things from, but listen deeply to the people who, it's not that they don't have a voice, it's that we're not hearing their voices, so finding ways to hear other unreported stories. Um, and I, I suppose the last thing was as well about that we want to acknowledge that there are good things happening, often on a very local basis, and we want to acknowledge about small steps and big successes um, and to gossip those good news stories about what's happening. Because as we talk more about power and what was involved with, with wealth, um, it, it felt huge. But then when we look back at smaller things too, uh, it was about acknowledging them and encouraging them. And then caring for creation. I have a lovely assistant here with me today. So we started off in our group um, thinking about the carbon footprint that we make in the world and Anne had a very good exercise for us on how to put in order different types of tea and coffee. And it was quite fascinating how some of us, we got it, some of it right and some of it very wrong. Um, but anyway, ask Anne about it, she'll explain. So anyway, from Tradecraft, there were, was it Tradecraft, these ideas? We had 10 ideas of how we could individually reduce our carbon footprint in the world. So I'm going to tell you what they were. They're not in any numerical order, even although there are numbers on them. Um, some of them would be quite expensive to do, but others would be doable for all of us as individuals. So the first one would be to cut down on air travel. And we know some people for business have to jump in an aeroplane and go somewhere. So, but do we, is there something that we could use instead of air travel? Sorry, Grace, you can't really get to the States without, I know, without an aeroplane. Uh -huh. So, but is this something that we could consider? Or do we put this quite high on our priorities that we've got to get into an aeroplane? Because this is a huge contributor to pollution and the carbon footprint that we have in the world. So it's air travel. Another one is uh, upgrading our gadgets. Do we have to do this whenever a new phone comes out? Or could we stick with the old brick? It's okay. <coughs> Frequent use of a tumble dryer. Now, in our group, we were very good because hardly any of us have a tumble dryer. <laughs> so this is easily uh, reconciled. Poorly insulated homes. Is there a way that we can um, make sure that our heating loss um, isn't great? Um, but then that could be expensive, although we know that there are grants for, for doing this sort of thing. These aren't the ones that we were concentrating on. And this one, this is one that's a bit general, buying lots of stuff. Um, do we really need all the stuff that we have in our houses? Is it all just a lot of clutter? Uh, and unless you buy it from a charity shop, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So, um, and it was good having Freya in the group because she reminded me that uh, we still have to think of reduce, reuse and recycle a lot of the things that we do have in our houses. And it just dawned on us um, how many of us still darn a pair of socks. <laughs> Not many. Um, here's one that could be a little pricey um, to replace uh, old oil and gas boilers, uh, although there are grants for these as well. I'm always getting phone calls about it, and you probably are as well, how to upgrade. Okay. 
Now, this is one that Beth's going to give some uh, facts and figures about. So, travelling by car, is there another way you can get to your destination? Okay, Beth. Um, so, reducing the mileage of an average car use from 15,000 to 10,000 miles would save more than a tonne of CO2 that's produced, and this would be 15% of an average person's footprint. So, if you're obviously, we understood that a lot of people travelling by car is vital for getting to places. Um, so we kind of thought about electric cars in that kind of aspect, um, or even maybe using other modes of public transport. Um, so that was one that we thought maybe was a more idea for people to just reduce the amount that they use their car, so walking more places um, that wouldn't necessarily need to travel in a car. Mm -hmm. Another one caused quite a lot of gas in our group, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we spoke a lot about methane. So, um, so if you reduce, we, ha we, we did have some meat eaters in our group, but if you could reduce your meat eating to one or two days a week instead of meat and two veg at every sitting, then that would help our carbon footprint too, and that would be easily done. Oh, right, you're going to say something about that. Oh, no, that, well, that was just a, the idea of having a vegan diet um, could reduce our carbon impact by 20%. And um, so that was quite good. 20% a lot. And then we thought about um, lighting in our houses using halogen light bulbs. And so instead of using halogen light bulbs to get onto the LED lights, which are, are they're better for you. Anyway. Yeah, and they last longer. And they last longer. <coughs> I think an IKEA do them. <laughs> and then the last one um, we thought that would be very doable um, buying goods which come from the other side of the world to give a thought as to where your goods come from, where your food comes from. And we made the point that we now have become people who eat foods all the year round that we used to just eat seasonally. Um, if we were, when we were younger, perhaps you would just have asparagus when it was in season or strawberries when it was in season. But now we've come to, I think, expect all these foods all the year round. Um, is that a good thing or is it not? You know, so it's all, it's all to do with decisions and choices. Mm -hmm. And to maybe not think that bananas are so bad after all, <laughs> and that they actually travel by boat. Um, so compared to your asparagus that's been flown in from Peru, it maybe isn't such a problem. And one thing we thought that um, could be done also individually, but perhaps as a church as we move into a new building, and Anne gave us this interesting um, sheet here and it's called the Big Church Switch. It's um, a Christian aid and tier fund initiative and it's how to um, see if the energy that you are being supplied with has come from a renewable source and what you can do. And I was thinking actually, and this could actually go into the key. I thought that would be a good thing to go into the key because there is a phone number on it and a website and you can check if you are in the area uh, when you put your postcode in, if you are in the area where renewable energy is provided. And it might be that it could be affordable. It might not be. It might be very expensive to transfer onto that um, tariff. But it, it might not be. And at least we're trying to think about where our energy is coming from. And as a church, um, perhaps this would be the way to go to set a good example. Okay, so I think I've spoken too long now. Thanks. Well, thank you everybody very much for that. I, I'm, I'm just 
blown away by the level of engagement and the interesting ideas that we've got. And because of my brain works that way, I'm already making little bits of connections. And isn't it interesting, this balance between our carbon footprint and fair trade, because fair trade stuff comes a long way. So questions and, and things to, to weigh up. And there are no easy answers. And I think that's what's really good, is to realize there are always going to have to be balances and checks to be made. But lots of practical things we can all do. And I think um, this thought from the group I was with that actually we could be picking up more of this sort of stuff in worship as part of our rhythm of worship in that ordinary time season for most of the year. Wouldn't it be great to spend some time together on a Sunday thinking more about some of these topics uh, and other things that are important as we, as we live out our values together? So massive thanks to everybody. Um, I think if we could get the ideas in from you either by email or on bits of paper, then um, the managers can then take those away and have a think about it, and we can perhaps get some other bits and pieces into the key as well. So, wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody. So, I'm going to ask Brian now, because he was on the rotor for today, to come and lead our <coughs> prayers uh, following on from there. Um, our prayers today will actually be led by ourselves. Um, I'm just going to ask, from what we've heard and listened to, and talked about over the last couple of hours. I'm just going to ask for some words or phrases that come to mind for you, personally for you, that we would reflect in our prayers just now. So, adaptability. adaptability. Saving the Sorry? Saving the environment. Saving the environment. Why? Sorry? Why? Thank you. Conscious choices. Difficult decisions. Church comes with us. We are church. Any more words or phrases? Okay. You maybe get some buzzing in your head, but you haven't formulated enough to say it out loud. But let's, in the silence just now, just reflect on what we've heard, what we've been listening to, things we ourselves have said. And sometimes we say things and then we think, gosh, if I said that, I should be doing something about that. So think about that as well. So let's pray and let's listen to these voices in silence. And as we reflect in these thoughts, hear these words of affirmation from South Africa. It is not true that this world and its inhabitants are doomed to die and be lost. This is true, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. It is not true that we must accept inhumanity and discrimination, hunger and poverty, 
death and destruction. This is true. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. It is not true that we are simply victims of the powers of evil that seek to rule the world. This is true. To me is given authority in heaven and on earth, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. It is not true that our dreams of liberation of humankind, our dreams of justice, of human dignity, of peace, are not meant for this earth and this history. This is true. The hour comes, and it is now, that true worshippers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. God of all creation, spirit of truth and judgment, who alone can cast out the powers that grip our world at the point of crisis, give us your discernment that we may accurately name what is evil and know the way that leads to peace. God of all creation, spirit of integrity, you drive us into the desert to search out our truth. Help us to listen. Help us to discern. Give us the clarity to know what is right, that we may abandon the false innocence of failing to choose at all, but may instead follow the purposes of Jesus Christ. And we continue in an attitude of prayer as we bring our offering.
Look, here is the Lord's table, spread as for a feast, bread for breaking, wine poured for drinking, signs of his love and hospitality, symbols of his life broken, his blood poured out. He is not dead. He is risen and present among us, evidence of God's covenant grace and promise. So we come in faith to the table, you and I, companions on the journey. Come now, don't hesitate. The feast is ready and the Lord himself invites you. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Loving God, we praise and thank you for your love shown to us in Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for this bread and wine symbols of our world and signs of your transforming love. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we may be renewed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and formed into his body. This we pray in his name and for his sake. Amen. Among friends, gather round a table Jesus took bread, broke it, and said, 
This is my body, it is for you. Take and remember, eat and believe. And later he took the cup of wine and said, this is the new relationship with God, made possible because of my death. Take this, all of you, to remember me. Look, here is your Lord coming to you in bread and wine. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take this, all of you, to remember me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. As this bread once scattered over the hills was brought together and became one loaf, so, Lord, may we, your church, be united and brought together into your kingdom. You have called us to be your disciple people and gathered us to your table. Here we have tasted the bread of heaven and shared the new wine of your kingdom. Empower us by your spirit that we may be a gospel people, good news for all the world, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
just before our closing blessing, um, I would say a big thank you again to everybody who's come along today, and especially to those who have facilitated groups, have fed back, have um, looked after music and sound and all the practical things. We don't have to rush away. We have a little bit of time left, but it would be really good if you possibly can, um, if you could just help to clear up. Um, uh, we've had this reminder that we are the church, and, and that's, that's true. So we're all in this together. <coughs> So if you can help clear up, fantastic. If you have to go, that's fine. If I read the words in yellow, would you please join with me in the words in white? And then at the end, we will sing an amen. From where we are to where you need us. Jesus, now we need on. From the security of what we know to the adventure of what you will reveal. Jesus, now we need on. To refashion the fabric of this world until it resembles the shape of your kingdom. Jesus, now lead on. Because good things have been prepared for those who love God. Jesus, now lead on. Jesus, now lead on.